welcome back to She Can Talk the Podcast. I am your host, Colleen, aka Gongoli MC on Instagram. If you want to check out the music, if you want to hit me up for a collab or a show, whatever you want to do. If you just want to say hi, you can come over to Gongoli MC or you can go over to Colleen Eat Wings, also on Instagram. But over there, you can see the food, the stuff I'll be sourcing and tossing or basting and tasting. And you can tell me if you like it, if you want to try it, I can shoot you the recipe, you know, holla at your girl. Also, in the link for Colleen Eat Wings, among other places, you will find a link for you to vote for me for favorite chef your favorite chef from chef carla hill i always want to say hill but it's chef carla hall she is doing a contest she's actually a dope chef i feel like honestly and uh, don't you know please forgive me because i love both of them equally the same but i feel like carla hall and tracy ellis ross are like sisters in another universe or something because they look eerily alike but anyway she has awesome awesome food ideals she's a great amazing chef i watched her on several shows now she's paying it forward and has a contest where she's um, allowing anyone from top culinary chefs to the everyday average chef like myself you know everyday average person that just tries awesome recipes like myself to get an opportunity to showcase their skills on a national level so if you want to support your girl colleen you can go over to my instagram colleen eat wings hit the link in the bio and you'll see one that says your favorite chef carla hall contest please click on it please vote for your girl you can vote daily so you can um listen to this episode daily to remind yourself or you can set a clock reminder on your phone or your calendar but however you want to do it if you can support your girl and vote for me once a day it's free of charge it's if you want to vote more than once a day i think there are fees there but you know i'm not asking you to do that you know if you feel like doing that i appreciate it whatever you can do it would be awesome hey So even though I just went into a whole rant about cooking, you know, I also want to let you know, you can go over to www.doerecords.com. That's the official website for everything. You can get links to the podcast. She can talk the podcast. You can get links to all of the Instagrams. And more importantly, you can get links to all of the music, Gongolese music, different artists that's on the labels music as well. If you yourself would like to become considered as far as submitting music for consideration to the label, you can also do it over there at doughrecords.com. All right. Yes. So happy belated Juneteenth, guys. Yes, I am shooting this the day after Juneteenth. I'm going to be honest with you. This year, I really wasn't in the festive mood to celebrate Juneteenth. I was, you know, appreciative of the time to relax and um, organize some things. I've been really, really late with a lot of spring cleaning, if you want to say. So I had this one room that I should have been attacking for a couple of months now. And I'm grateful that I was able to attack it this weekend, top to bottom, organize it, and just turn into a great space. It feels great. The energy is awesome. Actually, I moved the podcast room into this room. So yes, guys, this is the first episode from the new room. And this is 
another step closer to us doing visuals. Hey, the other room was nice, but um, you'll see what I'm talking about once we get the ball rolling. But it is a work in progress. We have not stopped. So I just feel that sometimes it's better to focus on the work versus continuously telling you what I'm going to do. And then later on, you can see what we've been working on so there you go so we had a productive weekend i had a productive weekend in organizing and getting some things together and i'm really excited about the months to come to share that with you all all righty hey you know how i do but um what i wanted to get into on this episode as you could see by the title it says um is 52 old <laughs> and i'm not talking about 50 cents I'm talking about hip-hop, right? Um, I grew up on hip-hop. Hip-hop is a few years older than me, yes, but I definitely grew up on it, and a lot of stuff that I see in documentaries and a lot of things that you see now being brought to, like, cinema and just streaming platforms to tell the story, I literally lived it. I can give you stories on top of stories of things that I've experienced, things that I've been through, and so forth. So, yeah, I personally feel like hip-hop is young, healthy, and thriving, right? That's my personal opinion. However, it's been up for topic and debate. I had a friend of mine recently hit me up and say, hey, yo, I had to ask someone who I, you know, we always debate about music, right? And he was like, yo, I gotta ask you, when did hip-hop turn 50 and he was telling me you know what year he was born and he was like I don't remember you know 73 being the a significant year I could see like 80 I could see even 78 but 73 that's diff like what happened in 73 because if you get technical I believe um Cool Herc was probably DJing before that you know and not really run that time. I don't know. However, what significantly made hip hop 50 in 73 to 2023? So that's what he was asking me. I did give him some a couple of facts and did a little bit of research. But then also at the same time, I said to him, you have to go off of your own as well. Is this like, I feel like the olden, when the ancestors used to talk and say, um, you don't understand, you don't live like, they'll tell you stories about James Brown. I'm going to give you a perfect example. So, you know I love P-Valley. Remember I used to talk about the show P-Valley on Stars. If you haven't seen it, you're mega late at this point. It's two seasons in. Hopefully it's a third. However, great show. To give you an example, the grandmother, which is, I believe, Loretta Devine, love her. She's like epitome of the black mama, right? But she played the grandmother on the show. She was the one who ran the speakeasy slash club prior to it being the strip club so it's always been in the family so she's telling these stories like different episodes and she'll tell like some really off the wall stories like that didn't happen grandma but she's like yo it did and she got pictures to prove it and everything and she's telling stories about just different celebrities and who we know now as legends like Aretha Franklin James Brown different artists of those days that would come through her speakeasy in Mississippi so you know the younger generation is like oh go grandma she always telling these stories and you know it don't really hold too much value to them in present day because a are they even real b 
is granny just you know making shit up you know like there's a lot of doubt there right the pictures to me tell a thousand tell a thousand words because one picture you could be like oh wait a minute she's with james brown she's in the club like i believe granny what else you got to tell me i'm locked in so it's just like that and we used to hear the older people tell stories and you know sometimes you'll doubt them and be like whatever sometimes they have pictures or receipts as we call them in present day to show you know like hey i was right here and then the picture would just spark an even deeper story or a different story or a different level to the story i feel like the same thing like i, I feel like at the age i am now and the life that i've lived up to thus far god bless it and i in jesus name you know grateful and pray to live a longer life you know i want to be old like my granny you know the ancestors um to tell these stories right so i feel like i'm at that age where i've lived long enough and experienced a lot of different decades of hip-hop that i can tell my story from being in the club from the first time i heard different songs to being i'm a rapper you know what i'm saying so being on stage performing being in the studio with different producers and artists and then leaving the studio and getting in the car and hearing their song just everywhere or leaving the stage and you know heading back home and then your songs on the radio right after the person who you opened up for like crazy right so i've been through so many different stories that i can tell colossal says i should tell more of these stories and i and i want to you know at first i used to feel like oh it's bragging and then just like i said to you earlier here people would doubt you and say like oh but you know what i've come to the conclusion are is they're my stories it's the truth i live them so you know i have to live my truth so i think eventually especially when we get visuals like i could probably set up some story time and make it look nice and have some pictures to show but um yeah i'll tell some stories and share some stories going forward but um what i wanted to say here is this i'm noticing a couple of things lately the biggest thing that triggered this episode for me was the conversation i had with a good friend of mine a couple of weeks ago when they were asking me like how did we get here are we really 50 i thought like at least 1980 you know but 73 like are, are we off then it had me paying attention to other people um i know like barbito and stretch armstrong i want to say they did a drink champs with nori and you know they were saying how there's flyers with different artists you know that didn't even know each other at the time or like for example they would have a, a old fly to say this happened in 74 and they'll have like one artist who's probably around 27 at that time and another artist who was probably like 10 at the time performing at the same show so something to that effect that he m mentioned or spoke to saying like there's a lot of um you know just made up history so you have to be careful and you have to stick to your guns about what you know and what you experience and so that was very um it spoke to me because I can definitely relate to that. You know what I'm saying? I, I've lived hip hop. You know what I'm saying? I'm from the Bronx. I was born and raised in the Bronx up until 17 years of age. And then from there, I went to another place that was just 
like on the verge of up and coming musically and that was Virginia Beach. I went to Norfolk State University in Norfolk, Virginia and then I stayed in Virginia Beach for years. You know, like probably just as many years as I lived in New York, I lived in Virginia Beach, right? So there you go. And um I watch Virginia Beach go from very rural country looking you know, and all they had was like tourism and their tourism, tourism was very like, you know, ocean view, very like, I, I loved it, but I can't explain it. It was like very classical, early nineties, serene, not a lot of people because, you know, at one point you can look at, um, for example, Teddy Riley's video, zoom, zoom, zoom in the pool that was filmed in Virginia beach. Cause they had like Greek fest there or, uh, it wasn't freak Nick, but it was Greek fest. So, which was before freak Nick. That was before my time. Cause I was a shorty than those days. However, Greek fest and all that stuff and hearing about Virginia beach made me want to come to Virginia beach. So it was lit. I'm not going to say it wasn't lit until I got there or anything like that. It was lit. That was definitely incentive for me to say, Hey, I want to go check out Virginia beach. But when I got there, I didn't, you know, leaving New York, which is a hustle and bustle. Like literally you could come out your house, go to the corner, hail a cab. You can go to take the train. Like the city never sleeps. You can get around. You may not want to get around to certain places at certain times of night or day. However, you can still get around and make your moves quick. In Virginia back then, it was like, if you don't have a car, if you don't know someone with a car, it was just like very hard to get around. Right. So moving out there, it, it, it seemed like there was like, maybe, you know, the, the internet wasn't in effect like, like how it is now, right now, everywhere is on an evil kill. But back then I'm talking about, we were pirates with road maps, big ass maps blocking as you're driving, trying to figure out what exit to get off. So I'm just dating myself real quick, but just to let you know. So at the time when we, when I got to Virginia beach, it was like, kind of a little bit more laid back compared to New York. So that was a shock for me. But then when I dug deeper, I tapped into a community of musicians, like just a never ending well of musicians, right? That made me say, you know what? I think I found my home away from home. Like this is my second home because I learned so much musically there, um, became professional. I would say always, even though I was on mixtapes in New York, I did shows in New York before I came to Virginia. I can say once I got to Virginia, that's when I actually like signed contracts with a record label for a production deal. We actually had a group contract with, you know, different members and we paid for studio time. We recorded, we, you know, paid for photography, we shot videos, we traveled and did shows, like we're changing in the van to get on stage and perform and turn back around and go back to Virginia that night. Like we were all over the place. Like people would be like, I just saw the gypsies in Brooklyn last night. And my mom would call me on the phone and I'm in Virginia beach. She's calling the landline. Like they said, they saw you perform last night. I'm like, yeah, I was there. I just got, I'm I'm sleep. I'm tired, (laughs) you know? And this, the, the stories can go on. So, um, yeah, I grew up 
in Virginia. That's definitely um, a big part of me. It was a couple of years, recent years, where, you know, I felt heartbroken. Because, you know, just like with anything, when you want things to go a certain way and it doesn't. Or if you, you know, people that you shared great memories with and great times with are just no longer there or no longer around. You know, it feel a little disheartening. It feel a little sad. But I had to also realize as time went on that life goes on and you grow up. And guess what? We have the memories. I went into a little rant there. But all of that to say is I got stories. But other than that, um, hip-hop aging out. Let's bring it back. Like I told you, I don't really have a list. But I did want to talk about some things. So um, the first thing, like I said, I seen was, you know, well, not seen, but somebody reached out to me and said, how do you feel about that? Do you really feel hip hop is 50? And I was like, you know, it kind of just happened. I really maybe I'm just like kind of, I don't know, doing a lot of things. So I I seen it, but I didn't really pay attention. And I feel terrible about that because I am hip hop. So I was like, hmm, you know what? Now that you mention it, let me do a little research. And like I told you, I saw the stretch and Bobito and they were saying like, yo, a lot of that stuff is funny, but I digress. Then, you know, the hip hop museum in the Bronx, which I would love to go and visit it and see what's going on there. It's a lot of things like so they're committed to hip hop is 50 this year. I'm not mad at it at all. I'm actually I said I'm going to start just like celebrating my own hip hop, you know what I'm saying? The music I've put that put out, people I've collaborated over the years and you know celebrate hip hop because that was my contribution. That is my contribution. And I wanted to be I want to share it with y'all. There's a lot of y'all that still haven't seen all of that. So, I'm going to start doing a little bit more of that as far as to be more of a contributor to the 50th anniversary of hip hop. But um there was also an article recently on Billboard magazine that said 2023 is the first year that hip-hop is not on the charts so I didn't go really deep to say like hip-hop and rap or you is it still the same or are you separating that out now right because for years right I remember a lot of um underground rappers they used to call them I don't know if they still call them because people might be like what you mean but you know the term that we would call them would be backpack rappers or conscious rappers right so those dudes were um and females you know women were also you know kind of really rigid with the rules of hip-hop like you got to be lyrical you got to have thought full content and you know it's really more about the head bob and listening to the wordplay versus like yo this is the joint i'm gonna turn on to get lit for the club right and they all you know always wanted to separate the music that they do as calling that hip-hop and separate it from now some people would say it the more commercial hip-hop or some people would say it's rap because that's not thoughtful content, you know. The music basically that would be on the top charts maybe or maybe the music that you would hear in the club. Maybe the music that you want to hear in the club because it sets the tone for the atmosphere or if you're getting ready to go out somewhere, you know, that type of stuff. And so for years the two wanted to separate one said that, you know, we're not hip-hop because we're not all about the conscious rap. 
for the backpack rap. So we don't care if you don't want to call us hip hop. Like, yo, I rap, you know, I rhyme, I, my stuff is lit. I get the party jumping, and when I get on stage, everybody go crazy, you know. So you've seen those, and especially as we get, as the generations of hip hop get younger, you start to see more of that attitude. Like, man, bro, I don't even care to be sitting here and thinking all, you know, of. 10 words out of the the thesaurus to make you feel like, oh, my IQ is through the roof. I want to keep it simple. I want to capture as many people's attention as possible and make them dance, right? So I started to see that shift as the generations got younger. And that's when you started seeing a lot of like, yo, that's that rap shit. We are hip hop. So when they say these days that hip hop is not on the billboard charts at all, I'm like, are you talking about hip hop or are you talking about the whole genre, which whenever you select it, it's going to be hip hop slash rap. That's always how it shows up on any streaming platform anything any options that you want to select as much as the two fight with each other the world at large views them as one hip-hop and rap so you know i'm curious when they were saying like you know it's not on the billboard charts this year so i'm like well well not that it's not up there they're not in the top 200 top 100 top 10 you know like they're not getting the attention right now and um i can see it for uh, for a lot of reasons now don't shoot the messenger this is my opinion this is not it's it's personal to my experience but this is not personal to anyone if that makes any sense so that's my disclaimer but i you know i've experienced over the years gatekeeping you know, I experienced where people would be like, oh, no, you can't. This this is the cool club. You can't come in here, you know, and really and truly, I've always been a rebel, especially when I was younger and I had a lot of fight in me. I was always a rebel. So I'm like, man, fuck the cool club. <laughs> I don't have to be in nobody fucking club. Be I was born by myself. I'll be wild by myself and I'm gonna go get it by myself. So whatever, you know, so I kind of move you know moved as the underdog and i would gravitate towards fellow underdogs and make a movement and move forward right i always been like that so i've experienced the gatekeeping from people that you know in some cases they just disappear like they're not even anyone in the industry or you don't hear their names ringing out or nothing or you hear in the end some wild stories like, yo, this person used to do this, da da da. And you be like, damn, I figured that energy was off, you know, or whatever the case may be. So you can, I would say maybe gatekeeping played a part. And some people are like, oh, right now you could put your music on anything and anywhere. You can, you can put your music anywhere. But let's be real, we still know that there's big machines big machine corporations still behind certain artists that they're invested in and they'll put whatever they need to do to get, you know, a hundred thousand streams or, you know, video views or just get the song in rotation, you know, and just like with anything, mass hypnosis is real. So if you hear something daily over and over again, that's why it's great to do positive affirmations and whatever you like to manifest just like 
you know, positively visualize it. Say it to yourself over and over again. Look in the mirror to reinforce it. And trust, you like you're putting that in the universe and it's gonna come back to you. It's gonna come back, whatever you want. Trust. So I feel like that. I feel like um, you know, they put a lot of gatekeeping out there, they put a lot of restrictions. Another thing a couple of years ago that ironically I really don't hear a lot this year, but it was a lot of ageism in hip hop, among other things. We'll get into those as well. But ageism, it was a point in time where the newer generation was disconnected from the older generation of hip hop. So there was, you know, not too many collaborations. It was more like beef, more like y'all niggas is whack. Y'all too old. We don't understand what y'all saying. We tired of the mumble rappers. Nobody want to hear what y'all talking about. Y'all not cool anymore. Like, so it was a disconnect and I get it. Parents and kids kind of had that disconnect. So I get it. However, just like with parents and kids, you still need to learn or be able to learn from each other. And I feel like there was a point in time where that was a big door and a big opportunity to have that happen. And a lot of people refused instead. They said, you know what? I don't want to do that trap. I don't want to do that drill. I don't want to do that. Or that mumble rap shit. This is hip hop. Boom bap is hip hop. And I get it. I get it. I'm from that era. You know what I'm saying? But I also like this, the, the catchy songs, the funny songs, the quirky songs that now in, you know, 20, 30 years, we're like, yo, those are classics. Those are hip hop songs. But back then they might've been a little questionable. Like this ain't it is a, is a jam, but this ain't, he ain't really saying nothing crazy bars, you know, or whatever. But now you listen to it today. You're like, what bars? And you getting lit and you turning up in the club. Is a classic, right? Because really, ultimately, a classic ultimately is something that invokes nostalgia. So there you go. And whatever that is to you is how it will be interpreted. So there you go. But I was just running down a few things, and I will continue. But I'm just putting some things out there. These are my opinions. These aren't facts. These aren't like, hey, I'm reading from Harvard's research. No. I'm giving you my observations mixed in with a little bit of my experience just spitting out an observation, you know, and I'll put a little bit of opinion in there, but it's not, like I said, it's just my opinion is not personal to anyone. Okay. So there you go. But, um, yeah, so I said gatekeeping. I think that was a big one, you know, and the reason why I said that was a big one is because it was points in time where you would see some like really um connected people i guess you could say that really were not putting out like hits you know and i don't want to say and i say that respectfully because shit some people were like well ganga you never put out a hit and i could dig it based on your standards or what you're looking at you might not say i put out a hit have i gotten paid have i'm considered professional yes and we'll continue to do so and you know what i still feel like there's a hit in me you know what I'm saying? And guess what? I've had a great 2022 with the coldest ever. That's done way more than I even anticipated when I was putting, you know, getting ready to put that out. And it still makes its rounds. I still have people hit me up daily. But, you know, I'm not trying to prove anything. I'm just talking. So I've seen some really cool people, you know, have the opportunity 
to maybe pay it forward and and don't I'm gonna circle back on this because I don't want no one to feel like I'm expecting everyone to you know help someone out and look we need to give handouts in hip-hop no I'm not saying that pay your worth pay your way I get it I respect it we all gotta eat we all got bills we all got families to take care of I get it but what I'm saying is I feel like um if like there's a meme that says um you want to be around the people that will speak your name in rooms where there are opportunities and you may not be in the room Right. So meaning that just because they might have the ability to be in the room, you know, and they know like, yo, they would fucking love Ganga. Yo, she, yeah, she could do this shit or, you know what I'm saying? Be like, yo, I feel like that dude right there, you know, the way he's rhyming on a very conscious level, he's very concise with it. He would be a good fit for this, you know, I don't know, show to do a song for the show, whatever, right? Speaking your name in rooms because the fit is the right fit, not because we're cool, because I know you, because even in a corporate world, and that's a whole other story for another day, but I can use that for example. I've experienced that where, you know, you are way more qualified to do a position or to do, a, you know, a job, but they're giving it to someone that they're cool with. And they get in the job, they're fumbling, they're fumbling the bag. They know they can't do it. In some cases, I've seen people quit and be like, I can't do this, you know, and they still will not, they would overlook all of their flaws and flaws and give them opportunities because they're homies. And then you could have on record receipts, credentials, you're the person for the job and they would just find a way to say it's not you. So that goes across the board. It's, you know, corporate, and, and I said it in Moon Rocks. I said, um, this rap game is now corporate. Who can help? Because these deals are not offering. It's the same thing. Like, so the corporate world has meshed into the rap world, so there you go, you know? And I feel like in the last couple of years, it's like certain people got into a certain level they're part of that elite club but i don't really think it's the energy i feel i don't really feel like it's gonna be them letting in a lot more into that society if that makes any sense but now going back to what i was saying about the 50th anniversary of hip-hop and just running down a couple of things of like why are there not any um rap or hip-hop songs in the top 10, top 200, top 100 for the first six months of 2023, which happens to be the year of the 50th anniversary of hip hop. Like what's going on there, right? What is, what's happening? So we said gatekeeping. We said a lot of fraternizing, maybe nepotism, maybe favoritism. That was another thing. Ageism where like you're too old like they'll you know first of all there's a lot of um myself included it's a lot of really thorough female MCs that you're probably not even familiar with like I meet women daily from around the world so not even just America but around the world daily that we reach out we talk with each other we trying to see what we could build you know what I'm saying? We've been following each other for years. Like, yo, I watched, I, I saw your joint on a weird VCR tape in 20, 2002. 
You know what I'm saying? I saw you rocking out in Italy type of shit. You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of women that are dope. Also, you know, popular, successfully commercial, known or not. But the thing with women that you used to always hear, which is going to be a nice segue, the thing you used to always hear is, you got to get it now. You got to get it now. You're going to get old. You don't want to do this. You want to do this before you get old. And I get it. They say, like, you know, age is going to catch up with you. You're going to turn into maybe, I don't know, lose, you know, gain weight, you know, your features change. I get it. You know what I'm saying? I get it. But that not, which is also a part of ageism, right? For women is like, you, you got to be young. You can't be old. For men is like, you know, you got to you hate on each other as you get old. So the hate, older men hate on the younger men. And then all men just hate on older women, <laughs> you know? And it's just like a weird cipher of hating aging and you see that in hip-hop which brings me to a nice segue into like all of the you know plastic surgery and you know all of that pressure that became a part of being a female MC you know not every female MC you know but that became a pressure and that became maybe a big discouragement to others I'm not gonna say it has you know what I'm saying but I'm just looking at everything from an observant point of view. I'm not saying this is how I feel in this manner. I'm just kind of like telling you what I observed. And I'm like, I wonder, and I want you all to hit me up. Let me know. I asked a couple of my homies, the one that, you know, about that brought this question to me. Plus the other, my other homie that was like, yo, did you see that article about the billboard? I got a lot of people that be like, we talk daily about music and just different things. And I said, yo, I want to make like a round table. So more to come on that. But, you know, I really wanted to just touch on it and I will probably circle back if their schedules permit and, you know, they would love to be on the show. They already told me they would love to be on the show, but we just got to coordinate some schedules because, you know, these are people that grew up in the same time frame like me and they have their different perception and experience of hip hop during those times. So, you know, we could share stories and just different opinions on it. Right. But also to the rest of you all out there that are listening, tell me how you feel. Like, tell me, what do you think? Am I, could I be wrong? Am I off? Right. And then the next thing is, I know as we get older, there are, um, just like our parents, when our parents were old, like, you know, in their late thirties and their forties, like we are now, and they had kids and they like, we're playing hip hop. Right. I remember like, I'm playing like, it was me. I'm still like that to this day, which is how I know, like, it's just something that's wired in my brain. But if I get a song that I like, as soon as I hear it, I like it. And it's very rare. You can ask Colossal. It's very rare. I just get stuck on that song. Like, I'll drive a whole road trip to this song, drive back to this song, be stuck in traffic to this song. Like, that's how I am. And I've always been like that. And I think my mom, back when I was a kid, you know, because I didn't know that this was part of my personality, you know, I would just do that. I would be like, and we didn't, you know, like whatever song it was, and I'm talking about, I remember it had like a boom box, it had a tape player, and I think it had like a CD player on top. 
and I could be wrong about that. I don't even think it had a CD player on top at this time, but definitely a tape player. So it was like a, a task. Like my song is done. Stop. Rewind it. I was so on point with the stop and rewind. Like I caught it right at the beginning of the song again, but play. Okay, let's go. So my mom was like, you hate me because you're playing this song for 18 hours. You, you hate me. But it was just my obsession with hip-hop or music, period. Like, I just love it. And if I love a song, I don't care. If it speaks to my soul, that's what I'm rocking right now. And it changes as the years go on. Like, you know, I'm not just stuck on one song forever. But I have an arsenal of songs that, ha- that has done that to me, where it's just like I'm obsessed with it. Mine's included. Like, I'm obsessed with this. I love this song. So, um, I kind of went off on another tangent there, but to say all of that, um, yeah, like I feel like when it comes to why is a lot of things that are happening or a different shift in hip hop, some people would say, oh, it's because, you know, we don't have good music right now. I can't say that, you know, cause like I was saying, I think that's where I was going at the beginning of that tangent. I get obsessed with a song and I'll just lock in on it. And I still do that to this day. Like, you can ask Colossal, I will lock in on a song. Right now, as of recently, I haven't found anything that I would say. Well, I'm not going to say it. I'm lying. Right now, when you get in my car, locked in is SZA, Snooze. You know, and I might mess around and play that. It's so crazy. Could this be why there is no hip-hop on the Billboard charts? Because SZA's not even a hip-hop artist. She's R&B, R&B soul. But um, her whole project is dope. And what kind of kept me in, you know, in tune with SZA, because literally, like, I'm listening to the radio for my songs in different markets, and she had a couple of songs that would just go and go. Like, SZA had a good last couple of years here. I can't be mad at it. But me listening and just being, because I'm the record label, I'm the, you know, people for the the connection between me and the program directors. I'm that person. I, I, I'm, I wear a lot of hats. So I'm also the person listening, like the intern. Like, I, you know, you would have an intern. Like, oh, listen to this. We'll, you know, send the music here. Hit them back. Make sure they got the music. Do they want to interview? What we need to do? You know, stuff like that. I'm doing that as well. So um, I'm listening. And just listening from working with what I'm doing, with what, being, what Colossal and I are doing, I'm just hearing SZA. But recently, we took a road trip, and that song, like, Colossal always jokes with me. He'd be like, you're the only person that I know that you live in Florida, but you insist on listening to New York radio in your car. I think that's just the New York in me. It's the hip-hop in me. So, you know, back in the day, I you know, when they had – the ability to start streaming other markets. Hell yeah, I'm listening to 105.1 because it seemed like certain points in the time or whatever like that, on a Saturday night, they'll play a couple of songs that I feel will get you ready for a Saturday night versus Florida. But not saying Florida doesn't play good music, but Florida is like a fun, sunny, beautiful place, and their music reflects that. Right. Like, for example, I heard the Scissor Snooze song on New York radio, like the whole road trip. We're listening to New York radio and back. And 
and it, that song came on like literally every hour. And I was like, at the first time I heard the song, I was like, I like this song. And it's like, as soon as I put that into the universe, I like this song. I never heard that song before or after. Like, well, now I hear the song. But at that time, and it was on New York radio, and I was like, yo, Colasso, I like this. And I say, see, this is why I listen to, you know, this. Because at the time down here, they was playing um, the Kill Bill song in heavy rotation uh, and, and another one. I can't think of it right now. But I like both of those, too. But more like... I don't know. It kind of is more fit Florida, those songs. Like, I just kill my ex. Not the best idea. You know what I'm saying? Like, up, like even though it's a morbid type of story, the upbeatness to it, it just gives you that sunny vibe. Like, you're driving down a car, palm trees, the sun. Like, yeah, you're listening to those type of songs. Um, snooze, it kind of give me more like, um, you know, like, it can give you that New York feel, R&B, like, you know, like Mary type. She's rhyming, she's singing over a beat that you can easily rhyme to, right? That's what, the, I'm going to play that song. I'm going to play that song. I've been talking about it so much. This is not even a hip-hop song, guys, but um, that might be the song for tonight. But um, what like I was saying, even with me, I, I don't really go with, you know, um, oh my God, that's so and so, and that instantly just bandwagon and like that song. You know, I give everyone an even kill objection or a you know, perspection. You know, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, I don't criticize it and give a judgment immediately. Is what I'm saying. Like, I'm gonna listen to it and listen to everybody's song. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what genre it is. Honestly, I'm gonna listen to it. However. Just like we all know, if it's a good song, it's going to stick to you. Every song that I'd be like, yo, this is a good song. Even my song, The Coldest, after we mix and master that joint, and, you know, I sent that to Marty. Shout out to Marty up in Virginia. my um The original master in engineering from Virginia Beach, you know what I'm saying? And he was like, he called me back like, Gunga, this, this, what, what, what? What you, what, you, what you doing down there? This is, and I thought he was telling me like it sounded shitty because he was like stuttering and you don't understand. Like if anyone knows him, you know that he'll cuss you out. Like what you send me this bullshit for? So I'm thinking he's like, and he was like this, oh man, I'm about to work on this right now. And I sent them a couple of joints and we've, so Colossal done majority of my production right he i record myself i'm the engineer colossal is the mastering so we do two layers of it but then sometimes depending on what we're looking for we might outsource you know so in this case we outsource the coldest to marty to do another layer of mastering on it and i think it was a good call because that joint is ridiculous ridiculous and when i heard it i was like yo i cried i said i don't know what it is about this song but i feel like this song is going to take me around the world and that song's been around the world and i'm not done with that song so there you go um yeah so like i just say is um hip hop wise what songs 
you know, what songs are grabbing you all out there right now? Are there any hip hop songs that have you in a chokehold? Like, okay, so another thing that I've seen is um, a lot of people saying ultimately is the quality of the music. I can't lie, like, I'm, I'm not really into the. I don't want to say it sounds so terrible like this because I don't mean it in a hateful way. I just really think it's my age. Like, you know, I do different things. I roll with different crowds. So I'm not really with, like, the fuck nigga free lifestyle, you know. But I like Glorella. I think she's so cute. I love her personality. And I think that she's a winner because she's, she, I don't know her, but I feel like she, she gives me a down-to-earth vibe. So I don't want no one to think that I have anything against her. I just... And for example, I don't really mean her because that song was lit, but it's like at the same time, I'm just, maybe that's not my, my, you know, and it's cool. Don't get me wrong. Uh, you know what I'm saying? But we do need a variety still, you know? And I feel like what I'm trying to say is let me back up and let me clean it up. Glorilla, I love you, girl. And I love what you're doing. I don't want you to think anything else. And this was not a shot at you at all. Real spill. I be out here fucking with your girl. What I'm saying is just to make it a little bit clearer. I feel like um, we need a little bit more diversity with not only women in rap, but with men in rap. And I'm going to give you an example on that. So, yeah, we have the sexy girls. We have the girls that are catering with their dripping wet pussies, excuse me, for lack of a better word, you know, and they're selling sex. They're dripping sex. They're telling you they're robbing these niggas. They're acting bad on the weekend. You know, it's, we see that. And, I, and I, I, you know, I respect them. I love them. I'm not hating on them at all because you'll be seeing me here. I'll be like, what, Colossal, if you look good, Ah, bad. I, I'll sing all the shit. I'm with all the shits. You hear me? I love all of it. I love Carisha. I think she's hilarious and she's Aquarius like me, so I can relate. But what I'm saying is we still need diversity, but not all the way left. But maybe so. They say, and I'm gonna quote Peter Butterwolf, Peanut Butter Wolf on this one. He was like, he only fucks with it musically if it's really, really good or really, really bad. So I think we do need the extremes, right? The div the diversity or the variety of it all. Like if every chick is getting their d hair done by the same stylist, getting their clothes by the same designer, getting their song written and produced by the same producer and they're signed basically similar deals or to the same label, then where is the diversity? And then maybe that's kind of where the gatekeeping come into play. Like if you don't fit into this criteria, you can't get in. Even with the guys. So I don't want you to feel like this is just a crusade for the women. I am a woman, so I'm definitely going to give you my perspective. But I'm just saying overall, right, um, could that be a part of it, right? So I know music has to make you feel good, you know, period. And even with myself, like I've been recording, I've been writing music, but I've been on a hiatus of actually releasing music. I released music a couple of, well, a single a couple of months ago with a German label. Something happened because someone was on a song with, 
I don't, I don't, I don't want to say it was Ghostface. Shout out to Wu, but somebody had a celebrity appearance on the song and didn't get it cleared, and on the compilation, so the compilation got pulled. But then they were able to re-release it. I don't know if they took that song off. My song's still up there. Colossal did the beat. We all in house, so no clearances needed or permission slips to sign. We was good to go, and so they re-released it. But um. Even when that happened, because I always like to do music with different labels and different people in different countries, it gets a little sticky sometimes because um, language barriers in some cases. My German homies, we cool. My French homies, we cool. Like, it's not too much. But um, sheesh, I've done work with people in a lot of different places that speak a lot of different languages from Africa on down to you know, Dominican Republic, you know what I'm saying? So as you work with people and their different styles, different paperwork, different ways of people translating payment, <laughs> it gets a little sticky. It gets a little rough, right? I appreciate it, but it gets a little interesting at times, you know? So it was another reminder to me, like, all right, I got to put some more music out. So do records ain't, and we ain't done. We're going to, come back around on the second half of this year. You know what I'm saying? Because could it be that Ganga ain't putting nothing out? That's why ain't nothing in the, in the top 10 on the Billboard charts. You know, I, I'm, I like to think so. But um, what do you guys think it is? You know, like, I don't want to, like, be a negative Nancy and just be like, it's this, it's that, it's this. I am just boring, um drawing attention to maybe some of the obvious, maybe some of the less obvious things that could be, you know, playing a factor in it right now. Like, I'm telling you, it's just like, I remember a couple of years ago, there was a movie called Stepford Wives. And literally, like, all the men wanted their wives to be a certain way, right? Beautiful, like, blonde, homemaker, apron, smile, done up, makeup, high heels, cook, baking cookies, greeting him, pick, taking his slippers and having a plate at the door like a puppy, right? And don't get me to lying about the whole show, but as time went on, men and women started to realize this is some bullshit and there's no, like, everyone's the same. This just something wrong with this. You know, so I feel like that's kind of a thing, too. You know, when I look at different genres and even though those genres may be closely related or affiliated, it could be a cousin like R&B, soul, neo soul, even Afro beats. That's another thing I wanted to say um, before I go into that. But remember, I said Afro beats. But could it be that um with hip-hop, everything's the same. I mean, think about it. I I saw, I, I look at, I don't, I don't know. I love all the songs. I love all the artists. I don't really hate on anyone. There's no one that makes me feel like, oh, my God, I can't take them. No, I, I really don't have that energy or emotion towards any of the artists. But I notice the songs and the artists that I do gravitate towards right now, maybe not, maybe might not be 
considered hip hop artists. And in some cases, if they are called hip hop artists by hip hop standards, the hip hop historians would probably disagree and say, no, these are not hip hop artists, right? So I don't know. Like, for example, I like SZA. Oh, that's what I was saying earlier. I was saying like different artists and maybe like our sister cousin genres like the neo souls the r&b you can tell them apart right like i like scissor completely for a different reason than i like erica badu right and then and ironically both of them are two different ages but still relevant in this day and age um who else like i know um not I know, but I like Dochi. I think that's her name. What it is, ho? What's up? Can't wait on her in touch. Like she did a little flip on that song. I think that's E40 and M or maybe um, UGK. I don't really know. Some South <laughs> rap. Ter- I'm a terrible hip hop historian, ain't I? Blame it on the weed. But anyway, so um, yeah. I like different things right now that's gravitating towards that I gravitate towards. Could that be the case? Like, could people do? Could people? I, all right, there's a lot of things. I felt Jack Harlow when he said recently in an interview, "I don't really like doing music, in particular, you know, rap, hip hop, because it's a lot of restrictions." <laughs> I felt that. And I was like, oh, I get it. A lot of people are like, oh, it's restrictions because he's a white boy, blah, blah, blah. It's beyond that, you know, because, all right, you got to watch Dave. I think I talked about this last episode of She Could Talk, but I will repeat, especially now the season's over, watch Dave. But I'm about to give you a little spoiler. He had Jack Harlow on an episode. Leading up to that episode, he talked about how he despised Jack Harlow. He doesn't think Jack Jack Harlow is a good rapper, right? To me, I called it, I thought, I saw the humor in it because it was like white on white, white rapper crime type of stuff or whatever. But um, if you listen to Little Dicky and if you listen to Jack Harlow, and I had to split hairs and say like of the two you know how you have the hip hop then you have that slash then you have rap so I always say that slash could be either and or or right so it can be hip hop and rap or hip hop or rap right so and I think that's why a lot of people get divided and split hairs around what's considered hip-hop and what's considered rap but I'm using Lil Dicky and Jack Harlow as an example here if I had to pick the two and put them in you know splitting hairs down to which side of the category they belong in I would say that Dave is hip-hop and Jack Harlow is rap right now Dave has a huge following a cult following almost if you will and um his following is so cult that he was the like only one. Well, I'm not gonna say the only one. He was the one of the first ones who used GoFundMe as a way to fund his tour, his initial tour. He was a hundred percent indie. And of course, 
you know, those white folks supported him <laughs> and he was able to get his tour popping. So now he's at a point where he has his show on FX. And to me, I feel like it's a play on his real life as far as what he did leading up to his success now. But it also shows how he emotionally plays out as an artist, as a person, and, you know, his mind frame. So, like, it was points in the episode where he was being, like, people like, oh, he's, he, like, you know, mentioned, like, somebody mentioned Jack Harlow, like, oh, my God, just like when Jack Harlow did this, you're going to do this, like, comparing him to Jack Harlow. And he's like, come on now, that guy is not me. He doesn't look like me. He even bit off my swag, my curly hair. Like, he took my style, you know. But if you see Jack Harlow and Dave or Lil Dicky, and then if you listen to Jack Harlow and Little Dicky, you would see the clear difference between the two. I literally one night, I don't even know what song it was. I think it was that, because um, I don't really listen to a lot of <laughs> Jack Harlow. I like that first song he had. I thought that was so cute. And I thought he was cute with a little choke around his neck. I thought he was cute. But um, I don't know what song it was. And he said the line, and I was like, I don't even know how I feel about that bar. <laughs> you know, like, anyway, I, like, you know how you're lazily listening, like you're driving and you're like, did he, what? Uh, okay, whatever. But when you listen to Dave or AKA Lil Dicky, he be going in, like he goes in. So now here's the difference though, right? By a lot of, you know, hip hop standards of, old you have the splitting of the hairs you have that one side who they won't give opportunities but if a dave or a jack harlow come along they're getting opportunities hands down right that possibly can cause resentment with other artists or other you know artists up and coming or indie or established that feel like hey are they getting free rides into the industry or, you know, into opportunities because they're white or are they really talented, right? So Dave kind of was breaking it down like, I'm talented, you're not. <laughs> so that I thought that was a funny episode. But um, that's a perfect example of right there. Like, say, if you see Jack, Jack's a good-looking guy. He's flashy. I actually love Jack as an actor. I love him rapping, but the more I'm seeing him, like, you know, doing his different things, I think he's landed with acting. Like, I think that's a great thing for him. And he could do music. He's a good-looking guy. You know, he could do music. I'm not telling him he shouldn't. I like his music, you know. But um, I think I like Lil Dicky a little bit more. That's just me. I, I have an opinion. Now, if I meet Jack, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm your biggest friend. I would be like, yo, Jack Harlow. You know, can we take a picture? But, you know, I probably would like, you know, He'd be like, oh, shit, there you go. But I wouldn't be, like, switching it up. I'd probably be like, yeah, if you heard my podcast, just to let you know, I did say I like Lil Dicky better, and uh, I'm sticking with it, <laughs> you know. But it's not a diss, because I like Jack Harlow, too. I actually put a lot of people on a Jack Harlow when he first came out, you know. And same thing with Lil Dicky when he first came out. I'm like, yo, you got to check this dude out. And then the show. But all of that to say is, like, in the standard you know, and that's the thing, like, even with Dave on his show, he 
his whole goal is to reach acceptance, a level of acceptance. At first it was like, I just want to collab with the right people. Then it was, I want my audience to view me as a serious rapper. Then it was like, Hey, I want my peers to view me as a serious rapper. Then it was like, Hey, I want the industry and Drake to view me as a serious rapper. And I could relate to all of that. Cause I literally feel the same way. And I thought I was the only one that I felt like I had a personal connection with Drake, but apparently Lil Dicky feels the same way. So that's another reason why I like Lil Dicky. And that's a joke. That's an inside joke. You really would have to watch the show and you'll see what I'm talking about. And his show made me love Drake that much more, but there you go. So, um, yeah, and then you hear people, even with the Drake saga, Drake's been in the industry for about more than 10 years at this point, and they gave that boy living hell, saying how he's soft, he needs tissue, when you're listening to the Drake album, it's so whack, and I was like, I don't hear what y'all hear, like, I love this shit, I love it, you know, I think I put Drake and maybe Lil Dicky in the same category. Like, they're really lyrical. They really paint a picture for you. And they really have the ability, even with myself, and, you know, as old as I am, and I'm not going to say, oh, I'm going to stop saying that, but as, you know, mature and shit that I've been through as I am, I'm still working through that ability of wearing my heart on my sleeve as an artist. I've been doing more music like that. I think my first step in that direction started last year with the coldest, with moon rocks, with man can't curse. Like if you want to know how I feel or felt in the last couple of years, listen to those songs. Like those songs will tell you, right? It's another one. Um, I had, I did this freestyle, and it was called, um, they played on the radio still like every week here. That's a shame, Ganga. Um, misunderstood. That's what it's called. Misunderstood Freestyle. If you listen to that joint, and it's probably like a minute, a minute and a half long, and they play it on the radio like, it, and I'm grateful for that. Shout out to DJ Chin. Shout out to Tom Capone. Shout out to DJ Spaceship, who keep me in rotation. I love y'all. And those are three different shows. <laughs> so salute and respect. And that's out here in the Tampa Bay. That's not talking about Virginia. That's not talking about New York, you know. But, yeah, so all I have to say is um, it was great, and it was refreshing for me to really – wear my heart on my sleeve musically, right? And I feel like, myself included, I feel like artists, we need to do that more and don't hate, like, it's like we live in an era right now where people want to maximize off of someone else's downfall, you know? Um, the quality of life for entertainment just seems weird. It's in a weird space right now. And I don't know how I feel about that because like I told you amongst other things, like a lot of people be like, Oh, there's no gatekeeping anymore. Not traditional. Someone standing at the door blocking you, but it's gatekeeping. Then, um, you know, all that other stuff. But for real life, I just, it's, it's in a weird place. Like I seen so much just weird disrespect, you know, in the realm of music and entertainment, you know, and it's just like, how did we get here? 
you know i think the internet i think not even just the internet because the internet's, internet's been around for a minute here and it has been actually productive in the first couple of years with helping out indie artists it's been flooded since then but i feel like um the need to know everything about everyone on social media has taken quality of life down a level when it comes to music you know and then it's like some people feel like they should be up here because I do this or I hang around this or I, you know, got paid for this. And then some people feel like, you know, why the fuck am I down here? Because in real life, y'all niggas can't even bang with us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I get it. I get it. It's it's a weird space. I can't really even explain it. But, um... This is not even hip-hop because it's so crazy. A lot of the musicians that I want to talk about, and I'm trying to keep this episode just hip-hop, they fall into a different category, different genre. So maybe that's also another part. But like I was saying, I went to Texas last year, and I was at like a week-long you know, you can call it a conference. I call it like a super networking party. Shout out to Afrotech for having me out in Austin, Texas. And um, when we was out there, we did a couple of podcasts. We, we did a whole bunch of stuff. However, music every night, every day, every couple of hours throughout the day, a pop-up party, a drinking situation, a HBCU link up, like it was so much stuff going on, right? Music was in effect, live DJs in effect. And I'm going to tell you one thing that I noticed because what I loved about it was it was, a, it was a multi-generational situation. So you can't say, oh, it's just 20-year-olds or it's just, you know, 30-year-olds or 40-year-olds. It was people there like in their 50s and 60s. And it was people like fresh out of high school. It was just a variety of people and opportunities, right? It was CEOs and interns. Everyone was there. But um, what I noticed, they played a lot of old school, like classic. Like if you, and only thing it made me just think of, like it just reminded me of my college days. Like when you could think of like anything you could think of that I was like lit, at like a HBCU in the like mid to late nineties, early two thousand, yeah, those are the songs that they played, right? Then when it did come up to more like okay, twenty twenty three, whatever, you know, Drake Future that was in there. Then flipped Afro Beats, and the crazy thing is, I know those songs too. And I'm dancing and we can't, and it's lit. Everyone is lit. And I was like, yo, here I am thinking that, you know, I just love Afro beats because like I'm Caribbean and I've been exposed to this and I know different, you know, no, it's taking over America. And that's a great thing. There's nothing wrong with that. But Afro beats might be another reason why hip hop's not on the top, you know, 100 200 top 10 of the billboard charts not taking nothing away from what hip-hop can do but i'm gonna tell you this the afro beats music is just upbeat you know the songs even i, I can't oh man i can't even think of my um favorite song right now it's so funny because give me a minute here but it was 
something about. Give me one minute. I'm going to be here all day if I try to research it. So I'm not even going to do all of that. However, Thames, Burner Boy, um, the other song, Rima, Calm Down, Calm Down. So many, so, uh, the list goes on. Like, you can have a whole night and a lit party because I've been to it. I was in Texas for seven days, and I'm here to tell you. You can have a whole Lithuation and not miss hip hop because you're gonna get those good like the way the djs was work i was like oh, who is that he this what i can i i, I have to get colossal so i can get the name of the dj but he was definitely a celebrity dj because there was a lot of celebrities and stuff there but he was so lit okay he had the party so lit the first day like we got off the plane and i was like oh my god we're not sleeping i see that this is a situation we're not going to sleep and i was correct and he started out with the old school you know not that like put it this way i didn't hear wu-tang you know what i'm saying i love wu-tang but i don't remember hearing wu-tang but i did hear like anything you could think of like I don't know, like the South rap or whatever. You heard that Missy. You heard definitely like Pharrell and them. You know, let's say that type of stuff. Like beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, like vibes. Like you heard vibes music. It was definitely like a, a networking party atmosphere. So it was just like something to give a nice backdrop. But then when he started turning up, he, he turned up. He played like juvenile um, do, 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 you know, you know what I'm talking about? Like when you get, uh, I like it like that. That's what I'm talking about. Like they play like the juvenile stuff and you know, stuff that gets you lit in the party in those days. That's what they played when it came to what we would consider rap or hip hop. Right. But, and then I was like, colossal. I wonder if that's why they call it Afro tech because maybe they're African. <laughs> I, don't, I, I was reaching, but Afrobeats music was prominent there. They had this magnificent African cook that he was able to give us like a personal experience and explanation on the liquor he made and where he, you know, you know, curated his food from, his ingredients from, and it was interesting. So it was a nice African experience for sure, but it was very upscale. And that's another thing, like, I was saying the Colossal, by the time we left Texas, I was like, yo, real talk, I can go to, and I was like, I want to go to more Afrobeats, you know, gatherings or parties, because these are A, lit, and I love the upscaleness, like the people, the food, the presentation, like everyone's dressed and on point, and, you know, dare to shine, not to hate, right? No, everyone's like, hey, I have a new opportunity, I have... You know what? Keep in touch. Here, here's my number. I'm following you now. I'm getting DMs from CEOs, and we're all toasting up. And ugh, let me tell you, that was a great experience. But also, a learning experience. That was the first time in a situation like, and that was last year, 2022. But November 2022, we was in Texas. So yeah, that was a situation for the very first time where like music like we went to the grammys we went a lot of places and you know hip-hop is there you know but texas 
hip hop was there. Like I told you, it was a lot of we in Texas, so they had a lot of Southern, you know, rap playing and classics. But um, after that, they switched over to Afro beats and was going in, you know, and it was dope. And I was like, yo, because it's upbeat, keep, keep you hype. I was like, that's why everybody looks slim and trim and good looking, because you got to dance to this, you know. So maybe that's it too. Like, just the world might need a little bit more upbeat music, you know, and a little bit more unifying music, you know. Another thing that I notice is a lot of divide between man and woman, you know. So that could play a part too. Is like if we hate each other, there's going to be no growth in the community, you know. I've seen... I'm going to save that for another episode. I'm not going to talk about that here because I don't want to cross the lines. We're sticking to, I promise you, it's 50 too old. The hip hop is hip hop aging out at 50 because we're not on the billboard charts. Or is it because we're putting too much restrictions and guidelines on it? Like Jack Harlow said, Jack Harlow said, I'm going to try my hand at acting because there's a lot of restrictions to the hip hop. You know, you can't say this, you can't say that, you can't do this, you can't do that. You're getting too old. I don't like your look. You're not sexy enough. You you look like you should be a lesbian. Like, what the hell? <laughs> can't we just be me? You know? And and then let the music flow. You know, like I think if we take those um for lack of a better word, borders and limitations off of ourselves, we could probably tap into some greatness you know so when you like I love Drake because when I see him he just looks like the epitome of fun you know and I can just see he radiates it I don't know him personally he might have a couple of people you know that he wig out on daily I don't know you know what I'm saying but I don't know I find it hard to believe I I feel like you hang around Drake it's a good time you're going to be in good company if you're a good person. If your energy is good and he rock with you like that, I feel like he would be good company, you know, someone good to be around. And also funny, I, I refuse to believe that Drake is not funny. I get that vibe from him, and I get the vibe that, um, I don't know, that he would like my humor too. But anyway, if you see Dave, you'll understand what I'm talking about. I have very similar humor. You just got to know me. But anyway, so, um, yeah, those are my questions. I don't want to go too deep, right? And, I mean, I said I was going to play SZA, but I'm not. I'm actually going to save her for the next episode. But for this episode, I'm going to take it back to an old school joint. This joint is just been in my head all day when I was thinking about putting together this episode and I was like I don't know but then after going through this episode I am gonna play that I'm gonna play naughty by nature hip-hop hooray because we got to give it up one time for hip-hop I'm gonna tell you this before I go though I am hip-hop I love hip-hop it's in my veins it will always be in my veins I don't care And this is for you also out there that's listening. I don't care who feel I'm not, you know, what their cup of tea is or vice versa. I get it. When I was younger, I used to be pissed off because we all want to be accepted. Like if you watch Dave, he sums it up for the ones like me. You know what I'm saying? So you want to be accepted. You want to be viewed as cool and 
some of us handle it differently when we're not, right? However, I've always been cool. Not cool as in like I got a bunch of friends or whatever, but I know what is fucking cool, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Or I know what's good music. I know what's good talent, what's good art. I do. And not and I'm not just talking about my own. I'm also talking about when I've come in contact with it, when I've come into the presence of something great. I can recognize it and give it that that credit. Um I just wish we could be a little bit more like that and give each other grace, you know, musically. Hip hop is 50 as far as the legal people say. So, yay, hip hop is 50. You know, hip-hop is as old as you want it to be, honestly. Because I'm pretty sure somebody out there going to be like, hip-hop started in 1969 at my granddaddy house. You know, everyone will have their own, you know, time stamps and dates and etc. You know, to me, and this could just be based on my age, based on what I've experienced, because I wasn't here in 73. So there you go. So hip-hop is definitely older than me. But to me, I remember like um the the like me officially like run DMC for me, right? I remember like Cool Mo D, um ah, shit, Curtis Blow, I rule the world. So that was like at least eighty four, eighty five. Like the eighties for me was like the a real official when video music box I gotta look up that doc documentary about uncle ralph shout out to uncle ralph he played um opulence slash hot 2.0 kept that joint in rotation in new york much love uncle ralph mcdaniels but he's a living legend and he's the first vj i ever heard of video jockey and um before there was an mtv there was a video music box and yeah to me i felt like once we started seeing the videos and then we had like WBAI, then we had Stretch and Barbito, you started hearing it, it became a little bit more, you know, that's that's what we're looking for, we're listening for. But I also remember freestyle music. Like if you're from New York, that's a crazy thing. Like um, a lot of people, when you say freestyle to them, depending on who they are, what type of music they're familiar with, they'll be thinking you're talking about freestyle rapping. Like, yo, I'm, I'm a freestyle. But there was a genre, there still is a genre called freestyle. And I don't know if it originated in New York, but it's kind of like an offspin of house music. Like, say, put it this way. House music and dance music had a baby, and that's freestyle. And then, like, the dancing would be kind of freestyle, which I don't know if that's what lent to the name. But um, my favorite freestyle song, Silent Morning. Look that up. Silent Morning. Mm. Wake up and you're not by my side. I know, I know. Also, um, take me, take me to the water, summertime, summertime. So if you look those songs up, in New York anyway, we call them freestyle, you know, freestyle music. And so um, that was a big thing right around the time when hip-hop was breaking ground as well in New York. So depending on who you were, if you were someone like myself, you're, and back then, trust me, the playlist looked really different than it does these days because I had a 
little record player my mom had bought me for Christmas in the in my room when I would play records, 45s, etc. But um and I had all these songs on 45s. But um what was the other one? I would say so I was saying like, oh yeah, so I would have my favorite song at the time was Tay and it's I'm a kid. Okay, guys, I'm like in the house, excited when my mother take me to the record store type of thing. But um, to add to my record collection after, you know, saved up my allowance. But um, I can't even really go to a friend's house like that type of thing. So in those times, my variety and taste was all over the place. So I remember playing um, on, like I told you early in this episode that I'm still dogmatic like that where I would listen to a song for eight hours straight on a road trip and not have a problem with it. I'll probably torture everyone in the car, but I'm okay with it because it's my favorite song right now. So back then, you know, before hip hop took over my life, I was listening to freestyle music. I was listening to like, my one favorite song was take on me, take on me. Um, culture club comma 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 chameleon my family's caribbean so my granny and them would go to england and come back with records so my records really came from the uk you know, back then 45s or my uncle go to jamaica and he would bring back records my records really came from jamaica so i had a variety of music that I listened to but when I left out my house and went outside and experienced block parties and experienced music on the radio or you know if my parents are driving and we're listening to the radio that's when I was introduced to hip-hop that was just in the elements of life that really wasn't even on the radio to be honest with you that's why I say it would not be until at least 80 for me, it could be my age, but I would say that's when you started seeing it being more popularized, more structure to it, you know, more to it. But at the very minimum, 78, I don't know. I'm not the ambassador of hip hop. So I, you know, I can't say <laughs> what the exact date is, but it's definitely up for debate. And you could look it up online, Google it, be like, how is hip-hop 50 years old, or why is hip-hop 50 years old, and you'll see different debates and different articles and different people saying it's not 50, they just corp, they're trying to corporate it or make it a corporation or, you know, trying to give it a date so it can get like a holiday, like Juneteenth or something, you know, so it just depends on who you talk to is how they look at it, right, but um, just like when I was younger and I had a different variety of you know music and genres that I like for different reasons could it just be as we are getting older we're kind of craving more variety in our music and that's why Afrobeats is winning that's why um light-hearted rap is winning versus the heavier stuff because maybe people are just like, Hey, I want to take a load off and I want to dance and let my hair down. I don't really feel like being reminded of poverty, <laughs> you know, I don't know. So it just depends on how you look at it. 
But I'm going to leave you guys with a song that I think, I believe, it's a classic. It is a classic. It ain't about what I believe with this. This is a fact. It's a classic. However, it has all of the elements of a perfect hip-hop song that was also on the charts. So I really quickly pulled up the stats on this song. It was from 1992 to 1993. It was number eight on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. It was number nine on the U.S. Dance Club Songs Billboard charts. Number one on the U.S. Dance Single Sales Chart Billboard. And number one on the U.S. Hot R&B slash hip hop songs. Oh my goodness. That kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier before I go into the reveal of what the song is. I already told you what it was earlier, guys. So if he wasn't listening, I will repeat it. However, this goes back to what I was saying. Like our cousin R&B, soul, neo soul. That's the cousin of hip hop. And remember I was saying how you can kind of look at those different artists and tell them apart. Even by their song, like, oh, wow, this song is really nice. This is Ari Lennox. Oh, my gosh. This is a classic by Erica Badu, right? And from the oldest song from 94 up until the most recent song in 2023, you can appreciate it all and everything in between from our cousin genres. I don't overthink right now, and I got to double check, but I don't overthink right now that we're in the same genre, I think it's like urban R&B and something hip-hop hip and rap. But right here, they were the U.S. hot R&B and hip-hop on the Billboard charts, number one. You know what song that is? Hip-Hop Hooray. I said it to you guys earlier, but Naughty by Nature, Hip-Hop Hooray. It speaks and has all of the elements of why I probably think there aren't any songs in the top. 100 200 billboards right now that are considered hip-hop slash rap and that's because dance upbeat make you feel good listen to all of the genres that naughty by nature was basically killing in a matter of a year to two years 92 to 93 that's a nice run and he they went from their lowest ranking was number 14 in the top 100s and their highest ranking was number one on the dance charts because it had all the elements. So anyway, without further ado, I'm going to leave you guys with a song from a happier time of hip-hop on the Billboard charts, um, Hip Hop Hooray. I will circle back on this um, topic because I do want to bring some guests on and get some other opinions on this. I don't want to just have my own. So I'm going to see who I can muster up and recruit to um, share their opinions. Also, if you guys, any of you out there listening, feel free to comment and tell me what you think. Hit me up like, yo, I agree with this. I don't agree with this. Whatever it is, let me know. But until next time, guys, you know my motto. You can't love me if you don't love you. So make sure you're out there spreading that love, all right? Give each other grace. Give yourself grace. Also, if you like it, tell a friend. If you don't like it, tell a friend. It ain't gonna hurt either way. Until next time, y'all. It's Colleen. She can talk to podcasts. Much love. I love y'all every day, all right? Until next time. Peace.
Give it up for Naughty by Nature! <laughs> <laughs>